When it comes to food, we have learned not to ingest artificial ingredients. That they were put in there to increase the shelf life of the food, to make a profit for the company, that is almost always a loss for your health. In the same way, the ego is made up mostly of artificial ingredients that we have ingested in childhood. Not before, because they are good for us, but because they are profitable for the social system of which the family is a part, and they increase the shelf life of the ego that will be subservient to that culture. But because the ego is an artificial self, we never feel real so long as we are in a state of identification with the ego. We feel like an imposter. We feel lack. We compensate for that with desire, with an attempt to create an artificial identity through style, through modes of dress and voice and ways of speaking and ways of relating. And we keep trying to refine that artificial identity to make sure that it is keeping up with the changes in the social system so you'll never lose your popularity. So you have to keep ingesting new artificial ingredients in order to be up to date with the latest lingo, the latest ways of relating as egos. Because the first way that we learn is through imitation. And so through imitation, we learn to become imitations. And that makes us all feel good because we are all imitating the same basic social constructs and images that we get from the media and that we get from the various institutions of the society that are developed to disseminate those imitation self-objects so that our behavior will be predictable and we'll be willing to serve the social system for the profit of those who run the system. We all know this, but once we have become imitations, it is very difficult then to choose to let go of that imitation self that may be very successful in the way it has adapted to the imitation social system and be terrified of having to start over to discover who one is. And because the imitation system is not real, it clings to others to affirm that it is a real being. And most collusions of relationships are, I'll believe in your imitation self if you believe in mine. But these mutual collusions rarely last. And thus we are always paranoid that someone will 
see through the mask and be horrified by the shadow that they see behind it and will abandon us. And so therefore one can never open one's heart to another in a relationship because you haven't opened your heart even to your own self. And the fear of being abandoned is so great that we can never trust the other and that causes them to abandon us. So the ego becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of the very paranoid fantasies that it is built out of. And because of that, <clears throat> it is completely inconsistent to itself. And you all have gone through, I'm sure, having some passionate belief one day and the next day you've totally rejected that belief. And you have an entirely different attitude toward life. And yet, the day after that, that one will be gone and you'll realize, no, no, that wasn't true, something else is true. And you'll go from one to another to another and there'll be nothing that you can truly hold on to because those passions are simply ways of avoiding the real self that has never been discovered. And that's the poison that we have, is our addiction to the imitation self and to its passions for trying to find a reality through clinging to some other that also has become an imitation. And to detoxify means to find what is real and to let go of the artificial. It's really that simple. Because the artificial will kill us. In fact, the first artificial ingredient was our identification with the mortal body and thus we took in death and the fear of death. But also we took in the loneliness that comes with being a body in a world of bodies. Because bodies do not love and bodies are only defense mechanisms to deal with survival. But to live at that level where we're living to survive, to assure our security, then means that we never live, we're never fully alive in joy because we're always governed by these worries, these protective mechanisms. We're buying insurance for our future, for the calamities that will happen to us and can never fully enjoy the moment and we're strategizing and manipulating and trying to ensure the continuity of this artificial entity and get so lost in that manipulatory mind that we are never free to be. And to compensate for this, the ego devotes itself to making temporary connections in which it can momentarily escape from this hell realm. And so someone will buy a surfboard and on the weekend will connect with the waves and they'll have those moments in which they'll feel blissful out in the ocean. Or someone will collude with another person and that connection they'll call love 
when it's really something else. Or people will connect with a drug or they'll connect with some institution or organization or something at a level in which the connection gives them a sense of confirmation of their identity. But the identity that is being confirmed or the flow state that is temporarily achieved is always based on a situation and on a projection and on a false identification with the physical organism. But do we ever connect with that which is real, which that which, which encompasses the artificial ego, and that actually is the source of whatever reality it truly has? Do we connect with that which does not appear and disappear? Because anything that appears and disappears is artificial. It isn't real. The real self neither appears nor disappears. It's not an object that can be lost. But we have become socialized into fearing loss and into wanting to hold on to objects that appear. But then we are depressed when they disappear. And we're always anxiously holding on to them to make sure they don't disappear. And we become so obsessed with the objects in our lives that we get to give us an identity and a sense of value that when they do disappear, they crush us, they devastate us far more than if we had a realistic relationship to that world of appearance and disappearance. But we cannot have such a healthy relationship because we have not yet connected to and realized the self that neither appears nor disappears. When you look in the mirror, you see your body, but you do not see yourself. The self which sees is never seen. It sees, it knows, but it does not appear as an object. And therefore you cannot know yourself if you have limited yourself to the concrete identification as that which appears. And because every day you look in the mirror, what appears will become older. It will start to change in ways that you won't like and you'll start to become horrified by the changes that time has wrought and will create and morph your body into. And so that identification with that which appears and will very soon disappear creates a sense of dis-ease. And this dis-ease then will appear in the body not just as the normal aging, but as the stressful reaction to the very lack of a real self that creates other kinds of symptoms and that accelerates aging. In fact, when we take on the imitation identity as a child, 
we take on all of the poisons of the parents. We become the symptom of the family system and its imitation self. And, and we carry the anxieties and the lack of the entire system. And we do not know how to get rid of it because that very suffering has given us an identity and a value within the system. And so the first step out of the imitation world, the first step of detoxing, is to realize that we have the right and the duty to differentiate from the imitation self that we have taken on in order to adapt to the family system, the social system, and the cultural system. And, and that differentiation creates a sense of guilt, of disloyalty to the original imitation family system. And when we differentiate and refuse to be a symptom of that system anymore, then we find that we have to deal with loneliness. And then we tend to find other people who have also entered the path of differentiation. And we find that what makes us the same as others is our differentness. And that the human spirit itself has an urge to become different from what it had thought it was. The human spirit is on a quest through becoming different from what it had been to discover what it really is. And we tend to then be able to relate to people who have gone through the same rites of passage out of the imitation self and into some transitional differential self on the process of individuating to find the real self. But because we do this at differential rates of speed and power, we find that the relationships we have with others cannot remain consistent and they do not remain symmetrical. And it becomes very difficult to maintain consistent modes of communications with others who cannot always understand that the me that I was yesterday is no longer the me that I am today. And I cannot say the same things to you yesterday even though I know you came to hear those same things today. I can't speak them any longer because they're no longer true for me. And it's only in the context of a community that understands that we are not what we think we are, that we become free to grow and to let go of the masks and the straitjackets of the imitation self that have become poisonous to itself. And it is that freedom to break free from the identifications that others have projected on us and to recognize that we are an unknown, not quantity, but quality and capacity and power that enables us to begin to flourish for real and to free ourselves from all the poison of the false identity that we had to suffer by pretending to be for all those years. 
And that's when real life begins. When we connect with the mystery. And the more that we become exquisitely sensitive to the waves of energy that come from the mystery. And that we begin to follow those lines of force deeper and deeper into the mysterious self and let go of the known quantities that we had held on to out of security. Then we begin to find that all the things we had been taught were in fact accurate as representations of a higher truth, but they were not that truth itself. They were like the dead shells that we find on the beach of creatures who had once been alive. And we find that that is true with almost everything that we had desperately wanted to believe in. Our religions, our political parties, our ethical sense of behavior, everything turns out to be a shell that had once been alive but is no longer. And so we search for that which is no longer in its shell, that has no shell, that is pure life, that is eternal life, that never even builds a shell because it never has to protect itself. And it remains untouchable because it does not appear as an object and does not disappear. And once we have connected with that immortal and eternal self, there is no longer any need to pretend to be anything at all. And all the masks can fall away and all the straitjackets and all the security needs and all the desires and all the fears. And it's then that what comes into focus is the ultimate beauty of the real. That is the power that can bring about miracles because it is the real that is unconditioned by any past and has no given trajectory in the future. It is absolute indeterminacy, absolute undecidability, absolute freedom. But that freedom contains the power of love, the power of intelligence that are uniquely put together as expressions of the infinite source of all that is. And once we have braided together that infinite intelligence with infinite love and the infinite will to bring goodness into this world, beauty, joy, truth, healing, then these body-minds become instruments in the service of that ultimate reality. 
that purifies and heals and brings fulfillment. And there is no longer any imitation self that needs to be detoxed. And the power to detox the entire planet becomes not only a vague possibility, but a certainty. Because the power of truth, the power of God, the power of real, is so overwhelmingly supreme that we do not know its limits. But it is not limited by any physical toxins. It cannot be killed. It cannot be impeded. Because all of this that appears and disappears appears and disappears within the mind of God. And that is what we are. And that is why we can make a kingdom of heaven appear and make this hell realm of Kali Yuga disappear simply out of our own surrender to that supreme being. So in our process of detoxing, let us detox this whole world of all of its imitation and ingredients and realize the presence of God in everything and allow this world to be redreamed in all of its freedom to express itself as the ultimate beauty and love that we all really are. and start to enjoy and celebrate that beauty and that love and that goodness here and now. Then we will have completed our detox and our mission as beings who appear in this dream world in the mind of God. May you realize the peace that is the eternal self and its undying flame of life. May you realize the universe as the expression of that one self. And may you realize the all-powerful goodness that can transform this world into heaven itself.